Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. She is smiley. I'm grouchy. <laughs> I love smiling. Smiley's my favorite. I, I, I somehow I should have seen that coming. You should have. I should have. You should have. It is the season for Elf, huh? Yeah, it is. Have you I, watched Elf this month? One time. First one time. time this weekend. Okay. You know, back in the day, I used to like start at Thanksgiving and just like boom from Thanksgiving on began elf season. Okay. Not like just Christmas movies in general, oh, no, but specifically just, elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's absolutely insanely ridiculous. Like the movie or yeah. how much. Okay. Yeah. Both how much yeah, I yeah. watch it and yeah. the movie itself. But you know, sure. like if I'm going to take the time to watch a movie, which is rare, I, I want to laugh. Mm-hmm. I like, you yeah. know, I'm good serious laugh. enough. Right. <laughs> so. A good laugh is uh <clears throat> therapeutic in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say laughter is the best medicine. They do. Only after you get the real medicine that you need, <laughs> right? Like you don't go to the doctor and it's like, I'm going to prescribe you me- laughter because it is the best medicine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's just not how mm-hmm. things work. Mm-hmm. So so it's good medicine if you get real medicine first. Is it too much? It's a lot. We should stop. But okay. I like it. I it's mean- actually, you know, there's a Jim Gaffigan has a whole stand-up bit okay. about about medicine and laughter. And okay. Oh, yeah. does he? Are yeah. you so trying I, to like repeat it? I pretty it? much just like copied the general idea with none of the funny details. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was falling flat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. There, I knew there was something. It's right. definitely missing something. Yeah. yeah. Humor. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Right. You know, we try. We try. We, we do. Try. Right. Well, we have a great feast on the calendar today. Oh, boy, do we. Yeah. What yeah. are your faves? It is. It is. Yeah. Somebody asked me what's my favorite Marian feast day mm-hmm. some months ago. And it's like, whew, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. 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 Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you so connected to that? Like, where did your devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe begin? I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, it just mm-hmm. grows over time. And you read the story. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, the story is just powerful. And mm-hmm. I love Mary's words are just so maternal, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, is it not I, your mother, who mm-hmm. is here? Why do you need to fear? You're under my, the mantle of my protection. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I don't know. Those mm-hmm. things just kind of always speak. Maybe always speak to us, right? That's why everybody seems to be devoted. And just the power. I mean, so one, I my first year in college, I was an engineer. So the science behind the Tilma fascinates me mm-hmm. you know like that thing mm-hmm. should not be existence mm-hmm. in existence right it should have decayed it you know so many things about her just absolutely a miraculous image mm-hmm. and unexplainable by science so there's that there's the power and the impact it had for the spread of the faith amongst the uh amongst in the whole continent so i just dropped my pen yeah. um so yeah i don't know all those factors mm-hmm. just wonderful so mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was great. Yeah. Um, I got asked one time, like, if you could get if you had to get a tattoo of anything, what would it be? Wow. And I think this is my answer. Like, I would get a tattoo of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Wow. Right. Nice. I now I'm not saying I'm going sure, to, right? Sure. I have no plans to. Sure. But if there was ever something, you know, I don't know where either. Mm. I don't know where an appropriate place for a priest to get a tattoo of Our Lady of Guadalupe is. Not sure. Forehead, yeah. maybe? Forehead. <laughs> I thought about just like whole chest, you know, oh. like the tilma itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> right. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Why is Mary so hairy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those things that like you could see in your head, like, should I say it? Probably not, but I'm going <laughs> to. 
Is that too far? Yes. And I'm still going to do it anyway. Like I could see all that processing yeah, yeah, in your head. All yeah. that you know that look, huh? I do. <laughs> I do know that look. You've seen me have those things ping pong in my head. Yeah. Not just yeah. you, but I, I have a husband who's the same way. Yeah. Like you, you thought it, you had the thought not to say it and yet you still said it. <laughs> what can I say? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> So, so I hear. So I hear. That's what the <clears throat> doctors are saying. Oof. We should probably get on. We with should this. pray. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we ask that you may move us today, so that we may be in awe of your grandeur and of your Majesty and your love, and especially in the creation of this world that you have made for us. That we may always use it as a, a temple to worship you. We may always use this all of creation to praise you, to remember you, and look for how it points back to you. We uh, pray for all of those who are struggling, especially this this Advent season, that they may know your goodness, your mercy, and we may welcome you in our hearts and in our world as we near the, the Feast of the Nativity of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, we are in the Catechism, paragraphs. <clears throat> 337 to 349 mm -hmm. creation of the visible world so first section yeah creed yep yeah. yep yep mm -hmm. i believe in god the father almighty creator of heaven and earth mm -hmm. we did heaven already that was the angels right mm -hmm. created spiritual beings and now he creates the visible world mm -hmm. creator of heaven and earth and more, we're talking more creation rather than uh, the creation of man. That's actually the next part, which I think we already did. Oh. Uh, or at least we did part yeah, of it. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Okay, true. Okay. So, so creation. And these the shorter paragraphs, shorter section, at least yeah. compared to what we have been doing. So just kind of going to go through this one at a time here. Beginning with 337. God himself created the visible world in all its richness, diversity, and order. Scripture presents the work of the creator symbolically as a succession of six days of divine work, concluded by the rest of the seventh day. On the subject of creation, the sacred text teaches the truths revealed by God for our salvation, permitting us to recognize the inner nature, the value, and the ordering of the whole of creation to the praise of God. <clears throat> so that says a ton it in does. that paragraph. It like it is just loaded. Mm -hmm. So first of all, that God created everything, mm -hmm. right? So everything is not, first of all, it's not just random. It's not all here by accident. It's not just on a whim that there was nothing that God created something out of. And that's one of the fundamental beliefs of the church about creation called cre creatio ex nihilo, creation mm -hmm. from nothing, mm -hmm. right? And so that's one of the fundamental beliefs is that everything came, right? And and so in all of this, in some ways, like when we're looking at the Genesis accounts, we have to look at them in comparison, what Genesis is communicating us compared to the, the other stories of creation at that same time. So you think about like other, like what's the Babylonian saying about creation? What are, what are the Egyptians saying about creation and where things come from, you know? And, and all of those are radically different mm. than what Genesis is saying. Mm. So, mm. and so think about like, so these are the truths revealed by God for our <laughs> salvation is where we come from. Right. Um, and maybe we can we can get into all of this as to what the first 11 chapters of Genesis are communicating to us about creation. I guess most importantly, the first two, mm -hmm. that if there are they, the churches said they're not science books, right? It could have literally happened this way, but the bigger things that the um, 
that the God is revealing is the why, the what's, not so much the how. Like the how, it could be this way. It, it doesn't have to be, though. That's one of the things the, the church has said. So, um, yeah, it's just it's profound, like the, the truths. And that's what we're going to kind of go one by one in the next paragraph. Mm-hmm. So what are the truths that this the Genesis accounts of creation are communicating to us? Yeah. Right. Which what you're saying there, to put it in another way, you're saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's a literal translation, right? right? right. That's what you're saying there. Okay. Right. So if the Catholic faith, <clears throat> right, which mm-hmm. you and I believe right. in, yeah, right. um, <laughs> doesn't, like, in other Christian faiths would be different. Sure. Um, and actually, so that one of the beautiful things about the Catholic Church is it says, here's the bounds mm-hmm. of creation, right? Everything has to come from God. Everything is created out of love. Everything's good. Um, but it, it, you could believe different things, right? Theological opinion, whether or not, like evolution actually fits in, fits into the, it can fit into the Catholic understanding of, um, of creation as long as there's a definitive first human being, right? Mm-hmm. There's original Adam and Eve um, who, where this, the soul comes in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we're getting into the stuff weeds we, real quick. Well, it's and, not the weeds. It's just stuff yeah. that we're not experts in. Sure. Right, there's just better. I think there's better teachers out there in that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that reality, though, okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the literal, the literal mm-hmm. sense of that. Okay, but it could be, mm-hmm. and we're free to believe that. Okay, and there are other Christians that would say it's only that way, uh-huh. and there's other people that say that belief is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Right. So we, the Catholics, are like sure you can believe that. Uh-huh. You can also believe that evolution's cool. Sure. Right. As long as there's. A, a few certain parameters. Sure. So, so when it comes to like like dogmatic truths of the faith, right? As Catholics, mm-hmm. like we can't, we don't have that like freedom to say, well, you can believe it or not believe it. Right. 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 Um, but like in this sense, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Right. So you have to believe <clears throat> that God created everything out of nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to it, how that happened, right? Whether it was a gradual process over time or whether it's instantaneously in a six day period. Mm-hmm. You don't. Not one of those is right. Mm-hmm. God created everything mm-hmm. from Himself, like mm-hmm. yeah. And and so we get this too in this first pa- paragraph too that this this sacred text what we're getting in Genesis Genesis teaches the truths revealed by God for our salvation. So what we're getting in here is like what we need to know as human beings to worship Him order in an orderly fashion, right? To give Him our full hearts and to walk on this path that leads to salvation, mm-hmm. right? So um, perhaps another way of putting it is like all the nitty-gritty details as to how all of this takes place, well, it's not necessarily sure. that we we need to know that in order yeah. to follow him faithfully, right? Okay. Um, Nothing exists that does not owe its existence to God the Creator. The world began when God's Word drew it out of nothingness. All existent beings... All of nature and all human history are rooted in this primordial event, the very genesis by which the world was constituted and time begun. So that's reading paragraph 338. You want to hear a fun word? Yeah. Tovu wabohu. Yeah. Tovu wabohu. That is a fun word. Yeah. It's the Hebrew from the book of Genesis that says the earth was formless and void. Oh. Right? Tovu wabohu. And that could be very wrong. Like somebody that knows Hebrew is probably like, that's... Terrible pronunciation. <laughs> More and people yelling at us. Yeah, I, I'm sure that probably all of our listeners are experts in Hebrew, so they're probably all shouting, you know. Right. Anyways, but right. it means formless and without void, and that's the book of Genesis, which you've got you've got open here. That's that's what it starts, and and so like and right this paragraph that says 
nothing exists that does not owe its existence to God, the creator. So basically there's nothing and it's formless. So you look at what, what God does, um, first in creation is he puts order into it, right? Mm -hmm. He separates the night from the day. Mm -hmm. He separates the land from the water. He separates the sky from the land. So Mm -hmm. he's first putting things to order, right? It's formless and then it's void. It's empty. And then he fills it Mm -hmm. with fish, with stars, with, Mm -hmm. with animals. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So everything comes from him without him. Everything's just kind of formless, void, nothingness. Mm -hmm. So Mm. it's a great image. It is. Yeah. Because you even look about like what we do, like so often our role in our lives as being made in the image and likeness of God is to put order where there's chaos. Mm-hmm. Like you think about like even putting in procedures, putting in, and now you can get overly kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, orderly. You can and I do. You can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, mm-hmm. but you even think like cleaning your room, right? Mm-hmm. Having a clean room is a happy place, right? Mm-hmm. Pe- yeah. So putting order into things, right? Mm-hmm. Parents need to order their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's how part of our role to be mm-hmm. made in the image and likeness of God is to put order where there's right, chaos. Right. Right. To recognize the unrest, I suppose, when 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 things are chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, each creature possesses its own particular goodness and perfection. For each one of the works of the six days, it is said, and God saw that it was good. By the very nature of creation, material being is endowed with its own stability, truth, and excellence, its own order and laws. Each of the various creatures willed in its own being reflects in its own way a ray of God's infinite wisdom and goodness. Man must therefore respect the particular goodness of each creature to avoid any disordered use of things, which would be in contempt of the creator and would bring disastrous consequences for human beings and their environment. So each creature has a particular goodness and perfection. Um, Each creature reflects in its own way a ray of God's infinite wisdom and goodness. I really loved that. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, we're not reflecting the whole image of God as as the creatures that creatures that we are, but reflects a ray of His wisdom and goodness. And then, of course, we respect every creature because it is created and it is good um, to avoid any disordered use of things. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yes. Right. And so that, like, you think, like, utilitarianism, right? This deer is only good because it can feed us, right? Or, you know, like, everything's in reference to me, mm. you know? And so that that's, so this, a tree's only good because it can provide, you know, stuff for me, whether it's shade, whether it's lumber to build a house, whether it's leaves so that I can frolic in, you know? Like, mm-hmm. every, so basically it, it's, it, kind of this rampant individualism and like utilitarianism, right? Where we're just using everything's in reference to ourselves. Like what that paragraph is saying, it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's, it's good in and of itself because it reflects part of the Lord. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, we're human beings are given dominion over the earth. So mm-hmm. it's our kind of responsibility to cultivate things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, every created object has its own particular goodness. Yeah. And we'll get to more of that when we get to paragraph 342, where we talk about the hierarchy of creatures. Mm. Um, But before we get that... Wait. (laughs) Stay tuned. Before we get to that, paragraph 340. my horses. God wills the interdependence of creatures. The sun and the moon, the cedar and the little flower, the eagle and the sparrow, the spectacle of their countless diversities and inequalities tells us that no creature is self-sufficient. Creatures exist only in dependence on each other to complete each other in the service of each other. 
Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing goes for us individually, right? Mm-hmm. We are all in de- interdependent. Mm-hmm. We depend on each other, but also creation does. Mm-hmm. And is uh, those are like fun lessons that you have on like a field trip where you, I remember one of them just learning about how the whole ecosystem kind of functions together. And if you kind of put disharmony in one place of the ecosystem, it, it affects mm-hmm. multiple things, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm reminded of like two different things right now. I'm not sure I will be able to connect the dots, but one is, um, isn't that like the beginning of the Cimmerillion, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien's where like disharmony is entered mm-hmm. in and then he kind mm-hmm. of like. He reincorporates harm. Yeah. Uh, the disharmony, he reincorporates it into the symphony, right? Yeah. Right. So man creates a disharmony in, a, in order, but then. Like the it, power of God is yeah. he can reincorporate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Right. There's this beautiful idea out there, like the wolves in Yellowstone. You can look at, see if you can look that up. But this idea is like where they, they, they removed the wolves out of Yellowstone park, I think for a while or something like that. And then like the, the ecosystem just went into dis, disarray. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when they put the wolves back in and nature did what nature is supposed to do, everything else flourished again, but they could look at that as an ecosystem of, like what happened when you took out that natural predator and then certain animals migrated to areas that they shouldn't have be was trampling the vegetation in certain areas. Mm. And anyway, it's fascinating to like, look at that. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Okay. Um, moving on <laughs> the beauty of the universe in paragraph 341, the order and harmony of the created world results from the diversity of beings and from the relationships which exist among them. Man discovers them progressively as the law of na- laws of nature. They call forth the admiration of scholars. The beauty of creation reflects the infinite beauty of the creator and ought to inspire the respect and submission of man's intellect and will. So the beauty of the universe, order, harmony, man discovers them progressively and ought to respect Right, the beauty of God's creation. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but even like the admiration of scholar scholars. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of fine tuning? So, like the universe is so finely tuned mm-hmm. that if any of like the constants, so that would be like the force of electromagnetism or the force of gravity or the speed of light. If any of those were off, mm-hmm. like things would just completely and utterly devolve, and there would be no shot for life mm-hmm. on Earth. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, things like, um, gosh, let me think think so these are like the speed of light the force of gravity gravity the number of protons versus electrons that mm-hmm. are just like those are constants right mm-hmm. the the number of protons and electrons which keep um electromagnetism you know on as a constant mm-hmm. if the, any of those were off like it would be impossible for life to happen like if there were more protons than uh, electrons I, ca- I can't remember which which way it is but like the force of electromagnetism could overpower gravity mm-hmm. if if it wasn't right so mm-hmm. even the rate at which the universe is expanding you know we talk about like the you know the big bang theory that everything started and they they began to believe that because they uh, edward hubble and hubble's telescopes named after him noticed that the universe was expanding if it was any smaller short or any slower bad things would happen if it was ever greater terrible things would happen. So Mm -hmm. like scholars admiring the fine tuning of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing a few of the details that would really make this like blow your mind. Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. rats. (laughs) Google it. Google it. The fine tuning of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, It's really quite fascinating. Yeah. 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 Point being what? 
Padre? It's beautiful, <laughs> right? Ah, so yeah. that's, you know, it talks about the beauty of the universe. Mm. There's like this childlike admiration of like, things are so perfectly orchestrated here. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a one in like 15, what, I, I, saw, I just saw the number. One in like 15 with like 42 zeros after it, mm-hmm. chance that all of this would happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe we we're willing to take that bet or mm-hmm. there's a higher being that's omnipotent and omniscient that could mm-hmm. create a universe that life could actually happen in. Right. Right. It does right. put you in all, doesn't it? It does. I yeah. mean, right. Okay. Well now I'm randomly, I'm randomly, it's not random, but you know, now I'm thinking about the blessed mother's response when the angel Gabriel appeared to her. Right. And that mm-hmm. just that all and that wonder mm-hmm. and that question, which wasn't a question of doubt, like how are you going to do this? But just like, but wait, how is this going to happen? How is this possible, yeah. right? But just this awe and this wonderment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, continuing in 342, the, the long-awaited-for paragraph 342, the hierarchy of creatures, is expressed by the order of the six days, from the less perfect to the more perfect. God loves all his creatures and takes care of each one, even the sparrow. Nevertheless, Jesus said, you are of more value than many sparrows, or again, of how much more value is a man than a sheep. So all of God's creation is good, all is perfect in its own way, man should respect all, and yet there is a hierarchy to that, right, mm-hmm. that, um, that Christ tells us himself, you're more valuable than many sparrows, right? How much more valuable is man than a sheep? Yes. Because okay. the, uh, the reflection of God. So mm-hmm. how, how much does something reflect the Lord, which makes it more perfect, because it's closer to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to love is something that human beings can do, as much as I love dogs, dogs don't love. They just kind of, if you're good to them, they'll be great to you, mm-hmm. which is one of the great things about dogs. Mm-hmm. But um, but so human beings can actually choose to love, can choose to sacrifice, can choose to, uh, can choose. so we reflect the image of God, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons we're at the top of the hierarchy mm-hmm. of creation. Mm-hmm. And then Christ, of course, God becomes incarnate, takes on our flesh, and sanctifies who we are as man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Golly. Again, yeah. awe, awe and wonder here. <laughs> yeah. You even look at, you know, in the creation, right? Who There is one that is the last of creation, and that's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Eve becomes the pinnacle of creation. Mary is the, the, the highest of the new creation, right? Of those who are, um, who are only human, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ is true God, true man, but Mary is, is truly human. She's the new Eve, so the, the pinnacle of all creation. Mm-hmm. was originally in Eve, and now it's in the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mm-hmm. new creation. Mm-hmm. Continuing in 343, man is the summit of the creator's work, as the inspired account expresses by clearly distinguishing the creation of man from that of the other creatures. Um, you ever notice that? So like God like turns in on himself, and then and then God says to himself, let us make man in our own image. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't do that with any of the other things. And, and like the very, how, like, intentional it is in the creation stories of how how god creates mm-hmm. a, creates human beings creates adam and eve is just it's overwhelming mm-hmm. like compared to he creates a sun creates creates mm-hmm. animals fills it and then let's make man in our own image mm-hmm. so that's he's the summit clearly distinguish the creation of man from other creatures mm. you know what else i love in in this story of creation in genesis and and again while we already talked about that where after god creates all of this on the different days God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. And of course, creates Adam. God saw that it was good. But then you get this and you can catch this in Genesis where it says, 
where God recognizes it's not good for man to be alone. Mm. Like God creates all these things. It is good. It is good. Creates Adam. It is not good for man to be alone. Right. Um, Going back to what we said that God wills this interdependence of creatures, not not just creatures and the whole ecosystem that is life on this planet, and but um, man and woman and the beauty yeah. of that. Ugh, what? Yeah. And even, I think with man, it's very good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mm. just good, but very good. Right, 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 right. Um, continuing in 344, there is a solidarity among all creatures arising from the fact that they all have the same creator and are all ordered to his glory. Um, and then we get this beautiful quote from St. Francis of Assisi, which as you're reading this, like if you know anything about St. Francis, I, I don't know, I kind of instinctively knew they've, they've got to quote St. Francis in here at some point, don't they? And, yeah. And they do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I actually h- hope to end this episode with this prayer from him. So maybe I won't spoil that now. Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. We're just really, wow. what is that called P- when they do that on like the news where they like. Edge of your seat in it. Yes, that is that definitely is, that's the technical term. That's the technical yeah, term? Yeah, right. Okay. They purposely leave you hanging before they break to commercial. Right. Edge of your seat in it. Is that what you just said? Seatness. Seatness. Edge of your seatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, continuing. <laughs> the Sabbath, the end of the work of the six days. The sacred text says, On the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done, that the heavens and the earth were finished. And that God rested on this day and sanctified and blessed it. These inspired words are rich in profitable instruction. And then even 346 com- uh, continues that. Mm-hmm. And I guess 347 does too. And 348. That's right. Wow. So that's let's just take that as a moment of instruction. Four paragraphs about the Sabbath mm-hmm. and how important the Sabbath is um, for the worship and adoration of mm-hmm. God, where, mm-hmm. you know, God gives this first example of the rest on the Sabbath. And mm-hmm. the rest is because he looks at all all the works of God, his own works, and mm-hmm. sees that they're good. Mm-hmm. Well, that not that supposed to be our Sabbath? Like to be able to take a break and look at the works of God. Mm-hmm. That's what the Sabbath is all about. That's what it means to worship, right? Mm-hmm. To, to take a break and to look at the Lord, to worship, to thank him, to praise him. But even we, that's supposed to be the whole day, right? The Sabbath mm-hmm. isn't just one hour of obligation. The Sabbath is the whole day where we take the break to look at the works of God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So in these paragraphs are giving us, as it, as it says, our profitable instruction in creation, God laid a foundation and established laws that remain firm on which the believer can rely with confidence for they, they are the sign and pledge of the unshakable faithfulness of God's covenant. For his part, man must remain faithful to this foundation and respect the laws which the Creator has written into it. So we have this foundation, we have laws that remain firm, and we can look at that and we can say, our God is a God who is faithful to this foundation, mm-hmm. right? And faithful to his covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like, even you think about the laws of creation are similar to the laws of God, right? We, we think like, oh, well, it, the Ten Commandments, are those relevant today? It's like the laws of gravity, are those relevant today? Mm-hmm. Would you like to create an airplane that doesn't obey the laws of gravity because you don't like those laws, mm-hmm. right? Like there, so there's a, there's a sense of these laws of creation being mm-hmm. unchangeable, mm-hmm. which should signal us to the laws, that the, the moral laws, or even the mm-hmm. revelation of God in sacred scripture. Of those are unchanging just like all the other laws that the Lord has put in place. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The firm foundation. Right. 
Um, continuing then, creation was fashioned with a view to the Sabbath, and therefore for the worship and adoration of God. Worship is inscribed in the order of creation. As the rule of St. Benedict says, nothing should take precedence over the work of God that is solemn worship. This indicates the right order of human concerns. So again, going back to what we said at the beginning, the book of Genesis gives us what we need to know Mm -hmm. to walk this path of salvation, right? To receive the salvation gained for us on the cross. And what we get by this, by the, the way that it was ordered with the seventh day being a day of rest and worship, right? Mm-hmm. This is how we should order our lives here, right? right. Um, so yeah. the, the the temple in Jerusalem, so that the ancient temple that was built, you know, the, the place where the Jewish people went to worship had image was filled with imagery of the Garden of Eden, right? Not pictures of what happened with Moses in the Ten Commandments. I'm sure there was some of that, you know, the law that they've got the two tablets there. But everything, all of the architecture was to reflect the uh, was to reflect creation. And so you get this idea, and we even get it in our own churches, even though we've kind of probably just grown accustomed to it, right? You, you get little engravings of, of parts of creation, whether it's a lily or flowers or something like that, um, that it's at, or stone, right? Like marble is used and wood is used because it's supposed to image the new creation, right? This, mm-hmm. this temple. So all of creation, the goal for it, like the best thing that could happen to a piece of wood ever is to be included in a church building, right? Mm. The best thing that could ever happen to a rock is to be made an altar. Mm. So all of creation kind of orients, points towards this day of Sabbath, this day of rest in which we we are called to worship mm. the Lord. And so even just to pay attention, and if a church is well, you know, constructed with a theological mindset, then you'll see these echoes of of uh, of first of all, the temple, but then also the temple is a reflection of the Garden of Eden. Mm. So it's supposed to take us back to Eden. Mm. Every Sunday, mm. we're back to that uh, to that moment of rest, mm. marveling at the Lord's works in creation. Mm. And the redemption, of course, in Christ. Right, right. Wow. The eighth day, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hold on to that again. Yeah. Whoa. We're not quite there yet. Edge of the seatedness. <laughs> we got one paragraph yet. 348. <laughs> The Sabbath is at the heart of Israel's law. To keep the commandments is to correspond to the wisdom and the will of God as expressed in his work of creation. The Sabbath is at the heart of Israel's law. Golly, we can really mess mm-hmm. that up, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how much everything comes disordered with that, with, with the worship of God on the Sabbath is out of whack. Yeah. Mm. What a fascinating thing. Like, maybe the cure for all of the problems of the world is just to live the Sabbath. Wow. You know, like if that's, if the the catechism is saying that's the heart of Israel's law, so that's Mm. the heart of what God wants to reveal Mm. to his people Mm. is to keep holy the Sabbath. Mm. You wonder how, you know, all that gets involved in Sunday Mm -hmm. and how, what, what the world would be like if everybody just kept holy the Sabbath. And I don't just mean go to mass on Sunday, but actually live the Sabbath as a day of rest, a day Mm -hmm. of family, a day of recreation, like a day to be recreated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A day of worship and honor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Challenge accepted. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for Sunday. I can put my jammies on, you know, just jam. In my jammies. That, that was ridiculous. Was it? No comment. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All I right. found the line, huh? <laughs> I knew I'd get there eventually, but it's been, what, three years and just now found it. Right, right. It was ridiculous for it. 
It's ridiculousness. Let's just get this last this last <laughs> right, paragraph. Three forty nine, the eighth day. But for us, a new day has dawned the day of Christ's resurrection. The seventh day completes the first creation. The eighth day begins the new creation. Thus, the work of creation culminates in the greater work of redemption. The first creation finds its meaning and its summit in the new creation in Christ, the splendor of which surpasses that of the first creation. Wow. The work of creation culminates in the greater work of redemption. Yeah. Wow. So the eighth day, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the first day of the next week, mm-hmm. right? Begins on the, the first day of creation, and then Christ restarts creation, basically. Mm-hmm. Behold, I make all things new, mm-hmm. right? So that's this kind of, um, there's a great idea, especially in the Church of Fathers, called recapitulation. Like what Christ comes to do is basically renew creation, re- recapitulate, restart things um, through his death and resurrection and the life he comes to offer. Right? Just as the Father offers life in creation beginning on the first day, now on the eighth day, Christ offers eternal life through his death and resurrection. Mm. So, I have been pondering this all year. Wonderfully created, even more wonderfully restored. Mm. I think it ties in so beautifully to that. Like we all are wonderfully created, and yet somehow God's grace, mercy, love, omnipotence, omnipotence, all that stuff, we're even more wonderfully restored. Because, just as you mentioned in the Cimmerillion, all the brokenness in mm. us can get reworked through mm. God's mercy and love into mm. our redeemed personhood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What is that in the Easter Vigil, like uh, the... Uh, the oh happy fault. Oh happy fault. Yeah, garned or earned us such a such a redeemer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. All right. Good deal. Anything else? I, I got. I got nothing. What about um, suggestions for people? When, like we mentioned, like we're just not the experts in this whole sure. creation stuff. Do you have suggestions for people? Recommendations? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. There's a great uh, talk out there by Dr. John Bergsma. B e r g S M A called Genesis creation and evolution. And it's those three things. I might not get the order, right? It might okay. be creation, evolution, and Genesis. I not uh, get the order, right? Was that a pun about ordering? Oh, it wasn't. Wow. <laughs> You're just noticing all sorts of things today. Anyway. So he basically tries to answer three questions. Mm-hmm. One, what is the story of Genesis all about? How much is literal versus how much is figurative? And then has evolution disproved creation? Mm-hmm. So basically those three questions he he really digs into. And he's just, he's done his research. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's great. I think you have to pay for it, um, but it's like three bucks, well spent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dr. John Bergsma. Yeah, yep. he's great. He is. He's, he's got a really funny dry sense of humor too. Yeah? So <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, anything else? I don't think so. No? All right, across this off. A um, couple in brief paragraphs. God willed the diversity of his creatures and their own particular goodness, their interdependence and their order. He destined all material, material creatures for the good of the human race. Man, and through him all creation, is destined for the glory of God. Respect for laws inscribed in creation and the relations which derive from the nature of things is a principle of wisdom and a foundation for morality. That was 353 and 354. All right, where are we going? Somewhere. Oh, the second commandment, the holy name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. 2142 to 2154. Uh, That might be 2147. We'll see. 
Definitely 2159 is the end. I think it says 42. 42. Yeah, I can't tell. There's a little tail. I don't know if it's a full tail for a two or just a little base for a seven. Bring my glasses. Okay, well, stay tuned on that when yeah, we get up to look yeah. at it again. Well, we, can, we can look at it real quick. <laughs> oh, okay, while you're looking. Well, I, you, while you're doing that, so the uh, prayer I'll end with is this Canticle of Creatures by St. Francis of Assisi that was quoted here in the Catechism. Um, not super long, kind of long, but not super long. So anyway, what you find? 2142 to 2159. Okay, yep. that's where we're going next week. Okay, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Most high, all-powerful, good Lord, yours are the praises, the glory, and the honor, and all blessing. To you alone, most high, do they belong, and no human is worthy to mention your name. Praised be you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Son, who is the day and through whom you give us light. And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor and bears a likeness of you, most high one. Praised be you, my Lord, through Sister Moon and the stars. In heaven you formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praised be you, my Lord, through Brother Wind, and through the air, cloudy and serene, and every kind of weather, through whom you give sustenance to your creatures. Praised be you, my Lord, through Sister Water, who is very useful and humble and precious and chaste. Praised be you, my Lord, through Brother Fire, through whom you light the night, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praised be you, my Lord, through our sister Mother Earth, who sustains and governs us, and who produces various fruit with colored flowers and herbs. Praised be you, my Lord, through those who give pardon for your love and bear infirmity and tribulation. Blessed are those who endure in peace, for by you, Most High, shall they be crowned. Praised be you, my Lord, through our sister bodily death, from whom no one living can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Blessed are those whom death will find in your most holy will, for the second death shall do them no harm. Praise and bless my Lord, and give him thanks, and serve him with great humility. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.